Today is Thursday, November 16th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, we will start by talking about the flesh and blood of Jesus and transubstantiation in the Eucharist and other issues with uh, Catholic stuff. Then we get on to someone asked a question about at-will miracles and the apostles in the early church. Uh, you know, they were, they were able to do as, as well as other times in um, the history of the world. There were different times when people were uh, given this seemingly at-will power, uh, like miracles in the Old Testament, Elijah, Elisha, they could just do things at will. Um, that is different than today. We talk about that. Then we get on to alcohol a little bit and talking about, you know, the biblical um, allowances for it, what that means, as well as just some tasteful alcohol cocktail choices, I guess. Uh, then we talk about the Owen ben, ben Shapiro and Candace Owens feud, a little bit about that. Mm, going into Andrew Tate and why the heck so many Christian uh, men idolize this dude. And uh, what a better alternative would be. Um, so, enjoy these and more, and we'll see you later. Share these links. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. The links are in the description. Support this podcast. We shall see you later. Chris, if I converted, would you just shut down everything and just move to, like, a tropical desert island? No, I would come and meet you every week along with your priest and then work on the both of you. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Like, I've never seen so much, um, so many, like, flip-flopping. Like, you know, everyone's going to everything else. But really, I, I see a lot of people, like, I, I mean, by a lot, I mean, you know, my metric is small. It's like three out of ten. But, <clears throat> I mean, I see, like, a lot of the conversions, a lot of them are going to Catholicism. And it's like, and it's all for some just, like, vapidest reason. It's just like, you know, I, I, I stood in the holy arches of this great Gothic cathedral and, it's there I realized the church. And it's like, so what's your reason? That. It's all just some like weird, like roundabout, like very intangible realization they had with something material, like some beautiful building or, you know, the, the uh, how, how glorious the liturgy sound or uh, I don't know, just like something that's like nothing to do with like Jesus and by, by faith through Jesus and his blood and death and forgiveness of sins. It's always just like something like, Oh, well, they seem more sincere because, you know, they, they do all the traditions and they have all the proper attire and, like, the ceremony. I'm just like, what the heck? Like, what? why? Why, Chris? Why? So as people get older, they gravitate to what they knew in their youth. And so when you grew up with the smells and bells, then you're going to go back to the smells and bells. I mean, especially if you're not regenerate. But, like, what? My that's what you grew up with. Literally yeah, I mean, but like, are you going to be I an altar boy that, at fifty? Right. I I know that the 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 Catholic Church is a satanic, you know, ritualistic society that sacrifices to Satan every day, thousands of times a day in the mass, and that you know, it is it is particularly pernicious in its application of hell bound theology, and. Uh, well, yeah. Walk us through sacrifices to Satan thousands of times a day. So do you in mean like the mass across the world, or yeah. So in so like the where mass. are you getting your thousands of times from? Like cumulatively of all Roman Catholics, because there's not a thousand yeah. things anyone does in a mass, right? Or wrong? Well, there's like a, there's thousands of masses that go on every day. Okay, so to, okay, total number. Uh, okay, so yeah. So walk like, us so down the that mass is a ritual. <laughs> 
wherein Jesus is re-sacrificed for your sins um, every time there's a mass. And so that, and they say this, this is not like some kind of, I'm saying this about the Catholic church. This is actual Catholic doctrine um, that the monstrance, they actually call it the monstrance, the monstrance comes out and that Jesus is re-sacrificed for your sins in the mass. That is the point of the mass. That is why it is that is why it is sin for anyone to attend a mass. To like even attend. Like to even go to mass is sinful because it's idolatry. It'd be like it'd be like going to it'd be like, well, I'm a good Israelite, but I'm just gonna go see what this whole bail thing is about. <laughs> you know, like what? So I haven't you know, heard like, oh. you talk about this before. Is this like a new a new rule um I mean, it sounds like you've known, you know, you've believed this way for a while. Have I just not been listening? Like, you usually don't hit this angle. Like, why this angle? Just like trying to, or what? Oh, the mass angle? I, I don't know. Just yeah, the re-sacrificing Jesus angle. Yeah, I mean, that's just a single instance of it. I mean, you know, transubstantiation is really wackadoodle. I mean, it's you know, not I just, just saw bad doctrine. It leads to bad outcomes, and it's idolatry. Well, I, I saw a. Um, thinking about that this morning and it was people were fighting over it and they were talking about you know the body and the blood um and how you know if you, unless you eat my flesh you will have no part of me and i'm like dude that, like how like these are supposed to be the smartest people of you know like like some of the smartest scholar and people for thousands of years how do they even the people who came up with doctrines this messed up how do people still continue to buy into it? Are they brainwashed? Are they evil and conniving and plotting and know it's crazy, but they do it anyways for other reasons? Or, like, how many of them are legit faithful and they're like, yes, if I was alone on a desert island, I would come to this doctrine all on my own because it's so apparent that when Jesus says, you must eat my flesh, um, that is what that means, not barring all the other people who did not eat his flesh. Like, the thief on the cross did not eat his flesh. Like, the thousands of people Jesus fed with loaves of bread and fish, they didn't eat his flesh and drink his blood. So how do you go from Jesus saying something like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and then, like, baptize that, extrapolate to, like, baptized levels, how him saying that means that turns into communion, or the Eucharist, uh, which everyone has to do, but clearly back then when he said it, not everyone did. And he was still cool with them. It's just like a baptized level of extrapolation. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's through centuries of drift into Greek philosophy and Gnosticism. And so, I mean, like, when we talk about Gnosticism, we talk about an ancient heresy. The problem is, is that the Catholic Church is the Gnostic Church. Like, the Gnostics won in the institutional church. Like, the, the thing is, is that Catholics want to spin this whole yarn about how they've got, you know, unified theology, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll turn around and you'll ask an Eastern Orthodox whom in the fifth century was part of, you know, Rome as well. And you'll say, hey, is there such a thing as the Pope? And they'll be like, no. And you're like, but, but in the fifth century, you guys were one church, but you didn't recognize the Pope? Like, how is that possible? And they're like, well, that's the West. And it's like, but I thought there was one church. Oh, well, we disagreed on a bunch of stuff even back then. And it's like, hey, so is Augustine a, a, a saint in the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church? No, he's not. And it's like, well, wait a minute. He was he was fifth century, bro. He was like 450. Like, 
So you're telling me that like you guys disregard, well, that's the West. And it's like, so let me get this straight. So basically everything has always been divided and these institutional churches had their own theology and they had their own ideas. They had their own saints, you know, and it's like, so basically you're just, you're just a bunch of Protestants. Oh no. You know, know, and it's like, well, it seems like you've got 32,000 denominations within Eastern Orthodoxy and within Catholicism because every single local church believes a different thing. And that is absolutely true because you can read it in the letters of the church fathers and what they do is they try to hide this stuff because the one thing that Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox can agree upon is that everybody has to lie about church history. That's the one thing they agree upon is I will back up your lies if you back up my lies. That's ex- that's and they say that. So like there's they're not trying to hide the ball. If you just read their documents, they tell you they're lying. Do you, what I mean, document? Not, what's the what's the easiest, quickest read I could Google um, of their documents that would say what you say? Um, if you if you look at any of the stuff where uh, they try to get the Eastern Church and the Western Church together, or you could read the canons of the Council of uh, Florence Ferraro. So you're going to have to do quite a bit of reading to get this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, again. They, the, the way that they hide things is within tens of thousands of pages. So they will be like government. very verbose. <laughs> yes, it's exactly, because it is a government. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. face it. Roman which, which is, a, oh my gosh. Which, which is like another point. Like someone else, like some godless mom. Oh my gosh, I can't stand that person. Do you know who that is? It's just some like internet personality that's like, hey, me godless mom. Look how edgy and brave I am. Um, oh, godless, like godless mom. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, gosh dang it! Hang on. Um, I don't know anything about me. her. I'm now. I'm now. I'm interested. Come on. Now. Oh, it, it is so not worth your time. Other than it's just like a, you know any other like internet like sniveling troll type atheist. Like they have no substance at all. Like like they're not going to make an intellectual argument. They're not a scholar. Like in the I mean you know godless mom. Not saying that moms can't be you know studious, but she she isn't that way. She doesn't purport herself that way. She just comes up with like edgy t-shirt slogans. Um. Talk for a moment. I have to give my wife a coupon discount code. <laughs> no, that's fine. You go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's just like there's the reason that that papists and um, EO people with fake saints, and I say fake saints because like they actually have saints in their system that were people that were fictional, like, and they know they're fictional. <laughs> like their historians know that they're fictional. And yet they keep their feast days because tradition overall, tradition uber alles. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. So their, their actual scholars are like, well, yeah, that person actually never existed, but we're going to have a feast day for them anyway. And what that does is then it just brings all of Christianity into question because it's like, well, wait a minute. If you're honoring this guy as a saint, how do we know that Mark existed? You know, like, I mean... You guys were supposed to be protecting these things according to you guys, and then what you're saying is no. We we actually just we actually just continue to to put the lies out there because it's more convenient to do that than it is to try to correct a thousand years of nonsense history that we made up. Um, you know, and I mean, same thing with like Cardinal Newman in the in the you know 19th century. You know, Cardinal Newman ran around with church history, and he 
highly edited and curated church history to make himself a Catholic church history. But when you actually go back to the original sources with people who can actually read Greek and Latin, you find out that he's making things up. And then you find out that he's literally making quotes up out of whole cloth. Then you find out he's actually changing quotes to say the opposite of what they're saying. Then you find out that, you know, I mean, like, he's, he's just, I mean, this is, this is the church that literally had a huge amount of their clergy involved in child molestation. And we think they wouldn't, what, lie? Like, are you kidding? Are you joking? Almost done. Morning. Yeah, I mean, I can rant about papists all day. Does anybody else okay. Yeah, I'll too. Let me give it a shot. Okay, so that's one more thing. It's just like more fuel for the fire. Um, oh, oh yeah, God will, God will mom, whatever. Yeah, if you just want to like beat your head against the door because like they they turn off comments on most of the stuff they do, so it's like you know they're they're so confident that they get to make their little like ridiculous slam against God, um, and then turn off comments so no one can like tell them how ridiculous they are. Um, but anyway, so I don't even remember the point of that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, her or someone adjacent to her was saying something like, this is religion. Like, you know, like, Buddha preached love. This person preached love. Like, the church preaches hate. And here's why. Like, they use Jesus to control people and blah, 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 all this other stuff. So, like, then the church is in charge and the church rules everyone. I'm like, no. That's like what institutional, you know, like Catholicism, for example, does because it does make it exactly how she says. Like, all the people that want to make that argument, they have a lot of ammo. It's wrong. It's not correct. But that is how it is. Like, these institutions have used the things Jesus says, this religion, that was very unstructured. There's, like, very, very little structure to it, right? Believe Jesus. Believe God. Repent. Do as he does. Like, you're not beholden to government authorities. You should play by the rules because, you know, God allows them to be in charge and stuff like that and render them to Caesar. But it's not an institutional control mechanism for, for dominating people. It's very free will participation. If you don't want in, then, you know, if you're like having sex with your mother-in-law or whatever, the church may kick you out. That doesn't mean they're like controlling and dominating your life. There's like, look, here's some rules to play by do this. But then when you have like excommunication, your eternal soul is in hell and all this other stuff, because the church says so, um, yeah, that's a problem, and it gives people like godless mom who turns off their comments so people like us can't say things like that to them. Not that they'd listen anyway, but maybe some of their followers would. Um, anyway, that's where I was going with that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, look, I love Roman Catholic people. Like, I want them to come to a knowledge of the truth. Um, I cannot stand... Roman Catholic apologists. I think that they're liars. I think that they are evil. I think most of them are probably demon possessed. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, I mean, everything that comes out of their mouth is a lie. Yeah. Roman Catholic apologists are most likely demon possessed. And I could build a pretty good case for that. Um, you know, if I, if, 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 uh, if I'm feeling indulgent one day, I'll build the case for the demon possession of Roman Catholic scholars. <laughs> Dude, that would to. be like the sun up on my heart for a thousand years. It's just, yeah, I mean, look, I've read enough Roman Catholic scholars to know, like, wow, that was a very evil idea. 
And then you read the Roman Catholic apologists that are making excuses for, you know, like molesting children um, in mass and passing the, you know, the priests around to the different parishes so they don't get caught. I mean, and now their excuse is, oh, well, we fixed that problem. And it's like, no, you didn't. You still have like, you know. Uh, 90% of Roman Catholic clergy identify, self-identify as homosexual. Wait, what, how many? 90%! Wait, oh, no, no. Yes. 90%, did you say Catholic priest? 90% of Catholic priests. Self-identify as homosexual. Yes. But, but, there are are studies, there are blind studies where they, they are anonymized. Okay, okay, I was gonna say, because, you know, like, the Catholic Church wasn't cool with gay people until Germany, like, shortly, right? Like, recently, right? So, like, this would be completely anonymous. Okay. Yeah, that I makes mean, more I, sense. I mean, if the Pope were gay, I would not be shocked. I would be like, okay, yeah, so, I mean, tell me something <laughs> I don't know. I mean, let's put it this way, and again, this is true, this is not some wacky conspiracy theory. There's, like, a gay hookup app called Grinder. And they have an entire area in Vatican City just for Vatican City. No. Let that sink in. Yes, it is true. You can go and search it on the internet. Can you search it on Grinder? I, I don't search it on Grinder. Don't download that app. That's terrible. But um, so yeah, I mean, like all of these things, like none of this is is rocket science, and. The more I hear from, quote-unquote, like, there was a room the other day from some Roman Catholic apologist that was like, you know, the Puritans, you know, how evil they were. And I pop in, and I just drop in the chat, and exactly how many Puritan books has anybody on this stage read? And the answer was exactly zero. So it's like, I read Roman Catholic books. In fact, a lot of church history that I learned came from a Jesuit author who wrote a a church history. Um, you know, the, the best, the best, uh, firsthand account of St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, which, you know, I don't know if anybody knows about that one, but St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre was in Paris, and there's literal firsthand accounts of the Seine, the River Seine, you know, the big, deep, wide river in Paris, that it was clogged with the bodies of infants, Oh, wonderful. Clogged up and stopped flowing because it was dammed up with the bodies of infants that were thrown in the Seine. They murdered 100,000 Protestants in one day. In one day, they murdered 100,000 Protestants in Paris. And you know what the Pope's response was? He had a fresco of the slaughter made in the Vatican in St. Peter's Basilica in an antechamber right next to where Michelangelo painted the ceiling. There is an actual fresco. You can go look it up. And it's still there. And then he sent the king of France, who initiated this slaughter, a rose made out of gold and then commissioned a coin with... On one side, the slaughtered innocents, and on the other side, the angels slaughtering Huguenots, which were the Protestants. So, I, 
I have zero tolerance for papists running around acting as if they're holy or that they have a religion that is in any way Christian. Wow, way to bring down my day. <laughs> yeah, man. There you go. Who wants to, to follow to that? Quote to quote Cardinal Newman once again, to study church history is to... Uh, he said to study church history is to throw out being Protestant. Um, but I would change that around. To study church history is to realize that Satan is the actual head of the Catholic Church. I mean, people have long suspected that, like, the Antichrist, you know, will, will be, like, some European guy or, like, you know, some, somehow it plays into the Catholic Church. And I think that's been a pretty fair speculation. But now it's like, man, we see it bump up a couple tiers. Like, I would not be surprised. If, I don't know, like, the Pope or, like, very, very Pope-adjacent, like, is the Antichrist. Not necessarily this Pope, but, like, whenever that time comes, like, a Pope or, like, the Pope who's, like, about to be nominated or, like, the person everyone thinks is going to be, like, very Pope or Pope-adjacent, um, you know, with, with like, you know, mixing Islam with it and, like, all this other stuff and, like, basically all the stuff the Bible says is a sin, run from, they're kind of running towards or embracing um I mean, I want to say, of course you share similar thoughts, but do you share similar thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I mean well, in the Westminster Confession, by the way, um, there's a passage that literally calls the Pope the Antichrist. Like, Wait. like no joke, like this is genuinely what the Reformers thought. And that was quite a while there's ago. Still, there's still a big, a big belief um, that a lot of people have, saying that the Catholic Church is the Antichrist, um, and that that's where we will see a lot of the the prophecies fulfilled. And so, it's not a new thought by far. Yeah, not saying it's a new thought, but just saying like you know if you could like kind of see it then like man you can really see it now <clears throat> well people get upset when i tell them things like by the way in terms of body count the roman catholic church murdered way more people than the holocaust they just did it over a longer period of time people get upset so who would who would you put your money on like the catholic church like someone from that being the antichrist or like you know one of the like new world order klaus schwab types I mean, it could go either way, but I don't know. Who's your money on? I mean, I'm going like to say like a woman, first of all. So like somebody who could win the, the full intersectional Olympics. You don't think the Antichrist will be a dude? I mean, could be a trans dude. Uh, like a, a dude that says they're a woman, but but biological male. Yeah, or you yeah, know, I, I, and then just keep adding the intersectionality, like disabled and like a bunch of other stuff. Like uh, the, whoever would the, be the ultimate winner of the intersectional Olympics. Is that for real? Because I, I can't even see that that much. Because I mean, as much as would like to add all you know, check all the boxes for fun. 
like I, the world is not ready, right? So, so to accept this thing as as Jesus, as God, or whatever. Um, well, I mean, I guess it would have to be a dude because you know to accept the person as um, probably a male type God figure in the world's mind. Um, you know, when they're like, "Hey, I'm God," by the way, there's there's probably not going to be a whole lot of guy of Mother Earth spirits. Um, those people will be like, oh, we've just been cosplaying about Guy and Wicca. Yeah, this is the one true God because he says so. The patriarchy is real. Um, so if it was like all the boxes, I don't think the world's ready because like, you know, the trans thing and all, all the other thing, it's like 0.0001% of the planet. So I, I have a feeling it'll be some like dude with like a, a European suave accent that's like very charming and charismatic and blah, 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 just because Europe's evil. Um, but yeah. That's who my money's on, something like that. So either like a, one of the people going to usher us into prosperity in the secular humanist age, or the opposite side, someone very religious from like the Vatican. Or it could be somebody none of us realize. Maybe it's Prashant, and we just don't know. He has the suave accent. <clears throat> He's a good-looking guy. He's real smart. He's pretty charismatic. Rashad, have you had any head trauma lately? <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you ever heard of Hotep Jesus? What? What now? <laughs> Hotep Jesus. He's like... Like, everyone likes him for his, like, very, very conservative, like, political commentary. But, I mean, yeah, apparently he, he also, like, I, I don't know how much of it, I've only heard the guy talk a couple times. I don't know how much of his thing is, like, legit, like, real. Like, he thinks he's, like, descendant of the ancient, ancient like, Egyptian hotep, whatever. Um, or if he's doing it to kind of troll people. I, I don't really know that. But I would say on religious views, we would probably differ. I haven't heard any of his, but I'm just guessing. But, anyway, everyone in everyone kind of likes him for his conservative political analysis because he's just a really smart guy. Like he gets to the point, like says everything plainly. Anyways, um, there's no point if you don't know who it is, but I heard him on the radio earlier today and uh, everything he was saying, like it takes him half the time to say twice as much. And uh, I'm like, dang, that guy is smart. Like, I hope he's really not thinking he's like a reincarnated, like ancient Egyptian God or something. I just found his website. Oh, you got it there. Hotep Jesus. I, I've never been to the website. Is it crazy or is it normal? Uh, it says, be yourself fearlessly. Be yourself. It says what? Be yourself fearlessly. That's not what the Bible says. <laughs> uh, he has many books. He has, he's an author. You know, I, you can agree with someone politically, but deal, disagree with them spiritually, and vice versa. Uh, one of the things I, I really, I hope that I was sticking with the Catholic uh, teaching. Uh, we know the some of the heresies, like Mary's co-redemptrix, um, like she's the queen of heaven. And that's very, very, very horribly wrong because the Queen of Heaven uh, is uh, Sybil, the great Sybil. Or she also has another name uh, called, named Rhea. 
who is the mother of Zeus. But in, as Sybil, she's multi-breasted. She has like <laughs> 10 to 12 breasts. All right? <laughs> uh, so some of the things you, you research out, and I, you know, I teach history, and I just dealt with the Dark Ages last month, finished up with dealing with it last month. So part of the Roman Catholic Church history, when you look at the time of the Crusades and the Inquisition, um, the Spanish Inquisition, of course, were under the Roman Catholic uh, Pope rule. You're seeing some things that Jesus never told us to do. You see things that the, the New Testament never tells us to do. Where, to, where in the New Testament do you find wipe out everybody? If they don't convert to Christianity, where where in the Bible do you see, uh, do you see um, you can? And I'm talking about the indulgences now, where you literally got a certificate, like you go to the DMV to get your driver's license or state ID, and you pay a fee, and you can do, you can enslave, you can rape, you can and you can murder in the name of Jesus. I'm waiting for somebody to show me that scripture. I ain't found it yet. Now, I know Jesus said in the last days, false Christ and false prophets will arrive. But here we are, almost 2,000 years to the day when Jesus left here. We got another little under, little over 10 years, little under 10 years now, before we can really say 2,000 years ago. But when you look at that, I want y'all to think about something. We hear the, the, the Roman Catholic thing called indulgences. So I dare you, go look it up. You'll see that they paid, just like going to the DMV, they pay the bishop or the priest so much money and they got this net, they got this certificate where they can do those things. <clears throat> uh, bottom line here is when you are looking at the history of the Roman Catholic Church, there was no such thing as a Roman Catholic Church prior to the 5th century. Peter was not the first pope. And all those other listings of who were those popes, who they say were popes, were not popes. They were just bishops of Rome. They really didn't get that hot power until the time of the Dark Ages. So really, um, take a look at that. Take a look at that. Well, thank you. Yvette, what's up? Welcome. How are you hey. this morning? Good, good. Um, last night I was I was watching this short clip saying that like a a Christian woman defending her faith. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so Jesus was the only one who could perform miracles, but um, the apostles did too, which means that uh, what they did was only represented what Jesus was doing in them, right? Not not what they were doing them them um 
not what they were doing because they can't do that since they were not God. Well, that's what I was wondering because Jesus is the word of God. So I was a little confused as to how the disciples were able to perform all, all these miracles um, when Jesus um, had not yet uh, died and resurrected, you know, while they were, you know, with Jesus on earth. So um, that's my question. Well, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, I mean, you know, unless I misunderstood your question, what about before Jesus was even born as a human? Like, you know, you have all the Old Testament prophets. You have Elijah, Elisha, like all these other people, um, you know, Moses doing, doing, performing miracles. Um, so did I misunderstand your question about specifically like when Jesus was no, a, no, a you, human? No, you understood or? well. You understood well. Um, oh, I, yeah. It, um, you understood well because um, you're saying... Uh, um, he, 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 um, he always existed. He was, he can be everywhere at the same time. Um, even work through, uh, his apostles, right. Uh, while, you know, he was busy with the other people healing the sick, healing the other people. Um, so, uh, but did they, what, did they have the power to heal the sick or were they just representatives of, of of what Christ is doing is my question because I I know like like Moses he parted the Red Sea he did all these he's like all these like only God can do right so I'm thinking if if God gave them um I'm my question is yeah is whether huh? I I, I, I think I get your question let me take a stab at it and because I I want Chris to give his at will power super apostle speech but um. I'd say ultimately, before we split hairs, in some way, no human can do this, right? So, so the only way any person can do this, like at will or anything like that, is because it's God either telling them to do something, and God's totally doing it on his own, or God specifically gives them the power, which doesn't mean it's their power. It means it's God working through them. So no matter how you slice it, like if God says, um, you know, Yvette, you can do miracles. Y Yvette, in and of Yvette's self, cannot do miracles. It is only by God giving her that authority via God is doing the miracle. So uh, if that like helps on the splitting scale, like yes. no matter who is doing the miracle, whether right. God's totally just doing it apart from right. them, God's working through them, God's giving them the authority, God is the key word. So without God like giving them the ability to do it, they of right. themselves cannot do it. So it's always God. Um, but now, <laughs> Chris, if you're available, could you parse that out into like the at will uh, super apostles versus today's apostles or, or whatever. Cessationist Chris. Sorry, I was dropping the phone. Did he say, give me a minute, he's doing something else? Is that what yeah, I got? he's in the matrix. No, I, I mean, you pretty much answered my question. Um, I, I was just wondering because I, I was thinking. Um, it, 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 it was, I was, I thought it was one or the other, but you're saying both because whichever way you parse it, it's, right. it's, it still comes down to God, you know, having done the miracle because he gave you the instructions to do 
um, what he what's needed to do in order for him to take over and heal the person. So I understood perfectly what you said, and that was my that was the answer I was looking for. Okay, and yeah, just to recap, so like, yeah, the the apostles when Jesus says, "Look, I, I've been given all authority, and you know, you can do this, you'll do this, you'll do that. Like, you'll raise the dead, you can heal the sick, you can do all these things." Those people, you know, could just walk up to someone with a demon and be like, "Hey, demon, peace out. Hey, uh, broken leg person, be healed." Like, they could just like do that because Jesus specifically gave them the authority to do that as signs and wonders. But now, I think most of us believe. I believe. I believe is right. Um, that God still moves, God still works, God still heals all over the world all the time. But, um, you know, there's not one person who can be like the original apostles and go say, broken leg, be fixed, you know, be fixed, be fixed, or, you know, demon get out, or anything like that. Um, it's not the same. It's the same God, but where specific authority was like granted to these people back in the day, where they could just, you know, when people are like, oh, well, if God can still heal people, why don't they go clear out hospitals? That would be these people. So if you could bring these apostles back and point them at St. Jude's Children's Hospital, they could just run through there and heal everyone. But that doesn't happen today because we are not them. We've not been granted that specific authority. However, prayers do matter, and God knows what's going on. So people can still pray for healing, and God can still totally and does heal people. But that's it's the same God, but it's not the same authority that was specifically given to individuals thousands of years ago. Yeah, no, that that would that makes a lot of sense, Nate, because um Moses couldn't have had the authority and power to part the Red Sea without um God having used him to do it, right? So you can't split those um two things apart. They're, they they go together and and it works out. That's how things work out. Thank you. Yeah, and for and for the record, I don't think Moses could have like you know turned his staff into a snake on his own. It took, you know, it took God to say, hey, go do this, and your staff's going to turn into a snake. So if God hadn't have instructed him to do that, and Moses should, just would have wanted to be like, hey, I think I'll make my staff a snake, I do not believe that would have worked. Like, it yeah. took God and God instructing him and God working uh, that. So, so there were three, three periods during redemptive history in which human beings had direct control over the supernatural. One of those would have been Moses, because remember how he struck the, the rock twice? And it still gave out water. See, I was um, thinking about that because he was supposed to talk to it. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that because he was supposed to talk to it, but he beat it and water still came out. That's why I picked the snake example. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Moses could, Moses and Joshua both could do miracles at will. And that lasted for about 80 years because it was establishing their authority. It was to establish the Mosaic Covenant. Um, and then we had Elijah and Elisha, another period of around 60 to 80 years, um, where they were doing miracles and they were establishing the preeminence of Yahweh um, above the other gods in the region and how the Israelites had completely gone off the rails. Um, you know, you got Ahab at that time and Jezebel and the 400 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Ashtoreth, you know, all that stuff. And so there was this showdown, right? And so that was that was the point of that miracle period. And then you had another miracle period where people could do miracles at their own will, like Peter and Paul, like Paul, like the guy falling out the window while Paul is having church. And he just goes outside, raises the guy from the dead, and he's like, all right, get back inside. we still got four more hours of teaching. I mean, I'm 
exaggerating, but like, you know, the dude fell asleep as Paul was teaching. Um, and so, you know, that's another period of about 80 years in redemptive history that we see that occurring, uh, 60 to 80 years. And those are the three major periods in redemptive history that we see people able to, again, Yvette, to your point, through the power of God, specifically the power of the Holy Spirit, um, able to perform miracles at will. You know, in Acts 4, Peter is passing people on the street pardon me, on the street, and they're lining up their sick and their lame to have limbs regrown and all kinds of things just by Peter's shadow passing over them. So this is not, this is not like, you know, hey, we gather the elders to the church for the church and we're going to pray for somebody's cancer to go away and then it miraculously goes away. These were what were termed signs and wonders. The normative practice of gifts for the church in terms of gifts of healing and gifts of knowledge and those types of things, those still go on because we see more healing today than we ever have. But the idea of signs and wonders, that is reserved for specific um, periods in redemptive history. There will be another period of signs and wonders, and that is during the tribulation. So... Chief, Chris, why don't you just why don't you just answer next time I call on you? Uh, so, so in Moses, like, at what point do you think it became at will? Like, perhaps not when he was a baby floating in the basket. Um, maybe after he murdered the dude. Like, would would you say maybe like after God kind of commissions him to go do the let my people go? Would you say at that's the point where? Uh, yeah, the burning bush. Right, the burning bush. You remember this? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah I, I just figured we all we we all were familiar with it. I, I yes, I will confirm if you need confirming. Take your shoes off. You're on holy ground, Moses. Yes, yes, we are familiar. Sorry, I got busy because my son's bus was here. <laughs> Father Chris had many disciples. Many disciples had Father Chris. You remember that? I need some confirmation yeah. on that. <laughs> Father Christopher Ham. Right. Oh, there's an interesting question in the chat. Will the Antichrist be able to do the supernatural? No. Um, uh, the devil and the Antichrist are creatures. They have access to, you know, the spiritual realms. They could have knowledge that other people wouldn't be able to have access to. But in terms of being able to do supernatural miracles outside of the laws of physics and the laws of God, absolutely not. Creatures cannot do the supernatural, ever. I, I would say colloquially, though, colloquially, though um, the answer would be yes, right? I totally agree with what Chris is saying, but when they say signs and wonders, it, you know, call it parlor tricks or whatever, like people will believe it is miracles and signs and wonders. Yes, Chris? Even though it may not yeah, actually be. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a reason it's called lying signs and wonders. You know, they're they're actually the signs and wonders themselves are not lying. That they're they're just lies themselves. I mean, this well, is the well, only power that Satan has is lies. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that, that would seem very very supernatural. Like, you know, for one, we exist. Uh, you know, we believe there's a spiritual world, right? So for a lot of people, I, I mean, well, I mean, I, I guess by human definition, that is supernatural, right there because it's outside of, you know, empirical testability. So, I mean, I guess just the fact that they exist 
people would say is almost a sign and a wonder or like a miracle or supernatural because uh, it's just not physical. It's non-comporeal. Um, so I guess there's that. But I mean, if you want some prophecy, let me drop some prophecy on you. You know, the Antichrist is going to like, you know, get uh, like mortally wounded in his head. Um, I'm not a prophet. That's in Revelation. But so what? what's your uh, suspicion on that? Like when something like that happens, would you just say he, he miraculously kind of survives and that's just a really cool trick? Or, you know, it's like one of those things where like if, if a, you know, a, a stabbing or a gunshot would have been like half an inch over, they would have been dead. But miraculously, they were, they're actually just fine because the bullet went right by their brain. Um, like one of those very, very natural explanations that they say yeah. is like supernatural or. Sure. I mean, I mean, like people will believe all kinds of things. I mean, look at the disinformation coming out of Israel right now and how the, you know, the Hamas lobby is con convincing people that a bunch of stuff we have video of never happened. I mean, like, you know, people will believe all kinds of things. And, you know, the, the passage in Revelation seems to indicate that there will be this, you know, seeming mortal wound that he recovers from. Um, but again, that could be figurative. Um, it may be literal. Um, it just depends on how you contextualize that passage. But, you know, to, honestly, though, creatures cannot perform the supernatural on their own. Satan doesn't have any special powers or any special woo. Satan has lies and lies. I mean, how do we think the fall happened? I mean, Satan didn't have to do some supernatural parlor trick to get Eve to eat the fruit. He just lied to her. Lies are far more powerful than parlor tricks. Did that, did that take care of whatever was happening in chat? And, and feel free to bring your conversation I've, up here, guys. We have room. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any. Uh, I haven't seen any more chat. So, yeah, I just. I mean, like, there's a really good. Um, oh wait, I haven't really set us up for failure yet. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there's a really good. Uh, talk by R.C. Sproul where he talks about like the creator creature distinction and one of you know one of those is that creatures cannot perform the supernatural on their own and why would God give Satan the power to do the supernatural like now Satan has a 2000 IQ you know or maybe higher um, and he's been around for all of history and he's a spiritual being so like those types of things are outside of our realm um, and, you know, we wouldn't even begin to know how to deal with somebody with a 2000 IQ. Um, Satan also comes across as a, uh, a spirit of light, right? So a lot of things that people think are God are actually just Satan. And what would you say about like, um, like Job, right? Where, um, I don't know if you'd call it miracles or supernatural abilities, but you know, where Satan like, you know, messes with Job. Um, you know, with like the boils, right? So like you would say if some, if some entity causes like boils, all this nasty stuff to break out, did Satan just lead Job through like a poisonous flower field to get that? Or did he supernaturally like, you know, in some intangible way cause these boils to break out? Or was that something God gave him the ability to do for a time? And when he killed like, you know, all this stuff, all this, you know, fox and all these other things that, you know, presumably the devil killed, um, was that... I mean, he didn't go through with, like, a katana sword and slice everyone up, so it would probably be some, like, what, intangible form of killing. So that could be interpreted as supernatural, or what What do you think? Maybe, um, do you have a different take on that whole thing, like, how he was able to do that or how he did that? Right, so God took the re his restraining force off of Job. 
And so all of the, the effects of the fall would have been upon Job. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the calamity comes as natural means. So there's natural disasters. There's um, you know warfare that occurs. There's you know fires and all kinds of things. Um, you know that caused the calamity on Job. It wasn't that Satan was exercising some type of supernatural power. It was that the effects of the fall were fully laid on Job when God took his his hand of providence away from Job so that he could fully experience a fallen world. Up here. Oh. Uh, not today, Satan. I, I mean, Bob. Um, eh, I could go a little ways there, except, you know, God specifically tells Satan, do not kill him, though. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of ways Satan can kill. I mean, like, he could... He could convince somebody to go and murder Job. I mean, there's all kinds, like, without doing something specifically supernatural, I can, just my fallen, dumb human intellect, I can think of a thousand ways that Satan could kill Job without doing something like, you know, that demonstrates some type, what we would call it, a sign of wonder. Todd, you got anything to say? A thousand, a thousand ways to die. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> I remember that show. Yeah, what's up, Todd? Not much, not much. Uh, I don't really have anything to say at the moment. So, but good morning. Yeah, so, I don't want to say day. you're disappointing us right now, but I mean, you know. <laughs> my bad. I'm back here, done chatting. I got a text back and forth to my wife at the moment, so I couldn't really pay much attention to what was being said. Sorry. Oh, just know that everything we said is right and true. I mean, that's already a given, so. <laughs> And Dr. Pepper beats Coke. Oh, that's what? Blasphemy. No, not endorse that's that. Blasphemy. That's blasphemy. Wait, does Pepsi beat Coke? No. You're a Coke person? Oh man, come on. I mean, I mean, I'll drink Coke. I don't hate Coke, and I like Mr. Pibb. But I mean, if I got to pick a brand, I mean, they're both evil and godless. Um, when I, but I mean, I, I'd, I, I'd be a Pepsi person. When I have a whiskey cocktail, um, I gotta have Coke, not Pepsi. If oh. the place that I'm at. Well, I have, so I have a theory. So if, uh, you know, we were very holy, let's be unholy for a bit. Um, just kidding. There's nothing inherently wrong with a little bit of alcohol, but, um, it, it, whiskey goes good with Coke, but brandy goes better with Pepsi. I wouldn't know because I do not drink brandy. <laughs> oh, look who's snobby. <laughs> hey, I don't, I, well, I mean, brandy, well, I mean, brandy's like way cheaper. Um, so, you know, it's like a poor man's Jack and Coke. So, so, you know, whenever I, whenever I, I, I'm just in the mood for a little cocktail, but I don't want to, I don't want to splurge for like the $20 a bottle for whiskey, cheap whiskey. Um, you know, I'll splurge the $10 a bottle, uh, for, um, for brandy. So it's basically half the price. Bro, we need to talk about your alcohol consumption. This is disturbing. I mean, I'm pulling back from like college days, but I mean, well, I, I, that's not true. I mean, I, I did have a brandy and a brandy and Pepsi not long ago, but I mean, that's why I'm thinking about it. But it has been years since I've had brandy and Pepsi. But I mean, on another note, we we may need to have that conversation. How much is too much? Not be drunk, right? Do not be drunk. I, you know, yeah, I can I can have a few drinks and not feel the buzz. So like, but like, I don't know. I drink so not often 
like so for instance we had beers for reformation day the rest of you guys call it halloween you pagans um but uh <laughs> but like i had one beer for reformation day and now i've got a bunch of other beers sitting in my house that are going to expire before the next reformation day so i've got to convince my brothers-in-law to like drink another beer probably over christmas so, so we'll see well, gee that's how, I'd that's say, how least often I, drink. I, I would say i'd be happy to help if you didn't just call me an alcoholic <laughs> no i'm just talk, i'm not calling you an alcoholic i'm just saying your choice of like your choice of alcohol is 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 what we need to chat about hmm i don't judge i mean i i find some good in everything except gin is disgusting and tequila is disgusting but i mean i can oh, usually find some good and what i can I can drink some tequila. Like tequila is not. I mean, if you get like man, the white the tequila, smell. it's pretty good. The smell. I, I just can't stand the the agave weird smell. And like the junipers from gin, like ugh, I'm about to hurl right now. I, I just don't like the smell. Like, I can't do it. Man, Bombay, Bombay and tonic is like. Oh. Damn, we just need to go back to. I agree with you more on Calvinism than I do your drink choices, man. I know. And I would I say, for the record, a problem is I was, I was going to say you can have how you said you can have a few drinks and be fine. And I'd say you know I can have I can have a pretty good amount before I, I really feel anything. But then I thought, well, wait, that's because I put on some weight. So so maybe subconsciously I'm, I'm putting on more weight so I can handle more drinks before I get drunk. So I can technically follow the letter of the law and not be drunk, but still drink a ton because I'm fat. That was mostly a joke. Maybe it's a bad joke. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to be funny. Like, how do you drink so much and follow the Bible? I just eat a lot, so I'm really fat, so I can drink a bunch of alcohol without getting drunk. It's funny, because, like, I, you know, I've got these friends that are, like, super tasters. Like, so, like, my favorite whiskey is uh, W.L. Weller, right? It's really good. It's it's not expensive. It's, like, $25 for a bottle. Um, and, that, I mean, that's not expensive for, I'm for whiskey. Come on. Unless I'm, you're I'm, drinking Ripple. Um, I mean, anything over like but, five bucks right now is expensive to me. Just, just go on, go on. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, but I cannot tell the difference between that $25 bottle of whiskey and like I have friends that have like $200 bottles of whiskey and they'll be like, oh, you should try this. And I'm like, it's totally wasted on me because it's just going to taste like whiskey. I can't tell the difference, man. You know, I can... I, I, I do this like bourbon tasting, like some of these, like people in my neighborhood, they do like a bourbon tasting like every month. I go about one every three months because, man, I just like things that taste good. So, you know, they'll have like, you know, they take a collection. So like they've been doing it for a couple of years. So they have like really nice, expensive, like, you know, quality bottles of bourbon. And um, they'll do like tasting like every every time they do it, they'll like do tasting. They do like bourbon flights. Um, and they have like these whole printouts. They get really serious about it. Like they have these printouts, like saying, you know, this is the color, this is the texture, these are the flavors. Like this should take. Like it is. It gets ridiculous. Like it is. It is laughable. Except these people are like super serious, so I can't make too many jokes. But it'll say things like, "This tastes like like a like polished leather," and this tastes like Christmas cake. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you people? I'm like, this should have a flavor of leather. Like, when's the last time you licked leather? Like, should I lick my belt so I can play this game? Like, these things are just insane. So I'm like, and it all tastes like just 
just like charred, bleh, just like char. It just tastes like I'm drinking like a barrel. So like I can appreciate it for like, you know, one to three ounces. But after that, you know, these people like they just keep talking about it. Like, it's like, oh, I get these notes. I get these flavors. I'm like, they're like, what do you think, Nate? And I'm like, dude, all I want to do is just dump Coke all in this and drink it. They're like, no, you don't do that with expensive bourbon. I'm like, maybe you don't. I'm like, kind of like you, Chris. It's like, it's all the same. Like, I don't care if it's like $400 or like $40. Like, if it doesn't taste good, drown it with Coke. Okay, now back to yeah, holy conversation. I just can't, yeah, I just can't taste, I can't make any of those, ta- like, I have friends that are like, oh, you can taste the, you know, current in this. And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> I wouldn't know what a current tastes like if I just ate a current. So, like, I had current jelly as a kid. Does it taste like that? Like what? Like I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. And then Brandon's down there, just like judging us all. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> oh, hey, Brandon. So, um, I think you and a few other people were asking me about Evanescent Grace a while back, and we read the Calvin um, in Calvin Book Ten, uh, the Institutes in Book Ten, and uh, I literally just listened to. Uh, Bonson's lecture on that passage, as well as James White talking about it, and uh, yeah, I got some good stuff to send you. Good, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good morning, everybody. Oh, hey, no, no judgment. I keep, I keep all judgment in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Christian. Hey, no problem. No, no. It's we, we were actually on a work trip out of town, and uh, I've actually gotten really good at navigating alcohol conversations. Um, we were, because, um, you know, it, and I know everybody disagrees on the applications of alcohol. Um, and the guy was like, um, they were like, they, my boss wanted to uh, uh, grill some steaks for, because we really did good on, a, uh, on the thing we did. And, uh, and of course, like, they were, they really like to get toe up after work is, you know, like, they really like, they go out, they drink to really get drunk. And so a lot of times I kind of avoid eating after work with them for that reason. Uh, and, uh, so, but, you know, you have to be relationships. And so we were out and, um, they were like, said, uh, we, we're going to ask you what kind of, uh, you know, do you want to drink? I said, well, you know, I said, well, no, I said, I'll, I'll pass. Uh, but I appreciate it though. And, uh, they brought up again. They said, well, you don't drink, do you? I said, well, no, that's not something I do. And cause I'm trying to like, you know, hold my personal convictions without coming off like I'm a jerk. Um, but then I was explaining to him and I said, well, you know, the first time I got drunk, they was like, really, what was the first time you ever got drunk? I said, I was six years old. They was like, really? I said, yeah, I was, when I was staying with my mom, um, you know, as a teen, when she was a teenager, um, yes, being around adult parties and stuff like that and, um, hanging around, you know been exposed to stuff I shouldn't been exposed to and so my grandparents got wind of it and the next week uh they were at the house packing up all my stuff and I was in Sunday school the next week uh they had a very strong conversation with me on the dangers of of drink so I don't know I guess they just did something I just never touched it since then just never had a desire but no that's that's uh just just one of those things with me but I try not to be rude about it though yeah. Uh, the Bible says that alcohol is a blessing, and it's actually uh, something that God gives to man uh, for blessing. 
to them that are perishing? Uh, well, yeah, but also <laughs> Psalm, Psalm, yeah, well, two things. Psalm 104, 15 says that God bestows and gives wine to gladden the heart of man. Um, and also, of course, the one that you just said says, give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Um, what else we got? On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined, Isaiah 25, 6. So, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So, it seems like God gave us wine for human consumption to gladden our hearts, keep us from being, you know, I don't know, bitter. And of course, somebody who's dying is going to probably benefit from it because they'll just go in peace. Kind of like before you go into an uh, operation, if you get really drunk, you're not going to be so, you know, anxious, I guess. That's just some Bible verses that maybe we could Wait, consider. Wait, don't do that. That your blood. Don't drink before surgery. <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know, some people I know it's I know it's a contentious topic, but you know, I, my my personal opinion, um, I like to just my personal conviction. I like to avoid anything that could impair our uh, soberness of mind. I think for me personally, it is kind of a um, sometimes I do find it to be a nebulous kind of line for us people kind of get to that point like okay what where is the line but i do like the portion of uh tells you not to tell us to be filled with spirit and to me just for me i'm just happy with the holy ghost some people like wine i just think hey you can't go wrong being filled with spirit i know i can drink as much as i want of that and uh be just as happy but that i guess to his his own amen amen Well, then. Yeah, I tell you, on my wedding day, was one of the bridesmaids, she um, she tried to sneak some alcohol into our wedding. Um, I almost kicked her out. <laughs> Who did? One of the bridesmaids. She, uh, <laughs> yeah, she... Uh, I had a, I actually I I try to stay out of uh, some of the because I know some of my wife's sides they are a little you know they already kind of little you know but I actually I actually made a phone call that day um she uh and you know we already kind of told them like you know just certain lines we're not judging you but just asking you to be a little bit more respectful certain lines we've set and um no but I I got on the I. I gave her an ultimatum, either respect the lines or maybe this is just in for you. <laughs> did she respect them? Oh, she did. She did. Cause I was out. Oh yeah. Cause uh we, we was prepared to just as uh be short of bridesmaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she set a rule and she's just like, Yeah, I'll try to see if I can get away with breaking the rule. Well, there you go. I wouldn't try to come to your event and try to like, oh, I'm going to try to, you know, put my stuff in place because you have to respect the way everybody does stuff. You know, it just, uh, it's just a, 
one of those ethical lines. Well, Yvette, anything else on your mind? Or Gavin, you've been quiet a while. Well, I wish the video that you sent uh, would look um, that Oh, you're really hard to hear. What is happening? Lots of static. I was going to say, um, I hope Bob sees that video that that you saw and I, I posted on, on your um, that app. Because uh, it really showed that Jesus is God. You cannot, it's like he was the mayor, right, of uh, his city at one point. And you can, you can separate your name from being a mayor, but you cannot separate like with Jesus, the word with Jesus, because Jesus uses his word to create things into existence. At least that's what I understood from that video. Is that is that what you also understood? Yeah. Do you want to link that here if anyone else wants to watch? It's only like a two-minute clip. I, I forget. Like I, It says the guy's name on it. I forget who he is, but like I, I see him everywhere. Like That guy is just obnoxious. Yeah, I actually got that video. He's like, oh, I, I hate that too, right? Because, oh, they fall into this trap every – it's like they appeal to their own, you know, dumb wisdom and their, their like, you know, education, stuff like that. And the guy says it. He's just, like, says the quiet part. He's like, oh, you know, you're a Christian, but I know your Bible better than you do. Yeah, well, the devil knows it better than you. Um, He's not in a good place either. That's just so obnoxious. It's like, guys, if you knew the Bible better than anyone else, you would know not to say you know the Bible better than anyone else. Like, besides just being prideful and arrogant and obnoxious, um, it's not correct. Like, no, knowing the Bible, like, you know, better than someone else about, like, all the stories or where chapters and verses are um, do nothing for you. Like, knowing the one the Bible talks about and points you to is everything. Um, oh, that, oh, that guy's just annoying. Chris, or does anyone can you want to find that name? I'm sure Chris knows who he is, but it's like Dr. Zarza something, something. Hmm? Oh, some, a, a video um, Yvette may or may not be linking in chat. It's like this uh, Christian woman like at this um, this Muslim like apologist guy is giving this symposium and this, they're taking questions. So this Christian woman like stands up and like kind of challenges him and his responses are just ridiculous. Oh, fun. He's like a really, a really well-known guy. He's just super obnoxious. Yeah, I don't know uh, much about Muslim apologists. I try to. I, oh, you'll know this guy. You have to know this guy. I wish I could link it, but I actually got it from WhatsApp, and that's how I was able to post it on, on the page. But you could look it up under apologetics and, and um, that app. Chris what is it on our that? Discord server? Yeah, Discord. <laughs> Well, because you put evil papists in charge. Not for spiritual guidance, for like clicking buttons and to like, you know, um, keep the peace. And for banning the Protestants. You self-imposed your exile. I was banned before I self-imposed my exile. I think Steph did that. Yes, but Vic wouldn't be far behind. <laughs> you just gotta be nice. Just pretend to be nice. <laughs> it's a song. Oh, Chris R. swiped left. 
See, you did it again. There's something in your subconscious is stirring. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, here, let me make your mod again. Anyone else down there? Where were we? Well. Oh, I have to go out and call a client out for doing something shady. So he hired a low voltage company that put a whole bunch of hours into planning their low voltage for this restaurant. And then he went and undercut the guy by hiring an AV company to do it all um, at half the price when he had already put all the planning in. And so they used his plans. It's very shady. Hmm. Shady gonna shade. So if it's a client, what's that conversation gonna look like? Cause like, they, I mean, they pay you for stuff, right? So you work for them. How are you going to call them out if they, if you work for them or just say, um, like, I'm not going to be a part of this. I don't care. Or I won't work for you or you won't work for me. I mean, I'm not going to give ultimatums when I'm going to say, look, you know, the reason that you guys have a really difficult time holding on to vendors in every aspect of what you do um, is because you treat your vendors poorly. And what I, from one businessman to another, what I'm going to tell you is to stop treating your vendors poorly and you will have a much better experience with your vendors. Oh, so there's someone you won't give an ultimatum to. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't give ultimatums anymore to you. I learned my lesson. <laughs> have I asked for you to demod Steph and Vic? No. You can keep them modded as long as you like. I just am not going to come back. I thank you for your permission. Well, I mean, it just doesn't work. It's one of those things, right? It's like, it's just like a principle. Someone's like, you do this or it doesn't matter. I'm automatically doing the or. Or the other thing, too, is just mutually assured destruction. Like, if you mod up those guys, then mod up, like, Todd and me, <laughs> a bunch of the Calvinists, and then let's see how it goes. Because, like, they love to play in the their... Time. Well, not not in here. I'm in, like, a, in the oh. Discord server. Like, if you just modded a bunch of Calvinists on the Discord server, they would all start giving you the same ultimatums. Well, then they can, I mean, then I'd end up being the only mod. <laughs> See? See how it goes I'm back not, to the to the right thing? I, I mean, that's nice, but, you know, when, when eight, you know, good moral atheists without the belief in a god or gods are spamming porn at 2 a.m., it's nice if I don't have to wait until, like, 8 a.m. when I wake up to catch it. It's, it's nice if someone else is, like, able to put a stop to that in the uh, wee hours. You know, if... if if it wasn't for all the good moral atheists without the belief in a God and God's posting porn. Um, so that, that's the real problem, but we just need people to deal with that problem. I mean, it hadn't happened in a while, so that's, that's good. I, I think I like sure, image yeah. sharing was turned off or, or something, something like that. I there just think it'd be really funny things. if like you modded like um, Lee and Matt Yester and like a couple of the other Calvinists that like that Who's crowd Lee? really, uh, Lee is like, um, she's a very quiet lady that, Hangs out in the Calvinist rooms. So you, you don't know her. Anyway. Um, but like the non-Calvinist ladies really hate Lee because she just tells him, she just tells people like what's on her mind in a very matter of fact way. 
She's like the female have... version of me. Oh. I'm picturing you in a wig. I this is a problem. No. I have no idea what Lee looks like. I don't really need to know. I all I know is that she's really funny. She's really smart and people really dislike her. Because she's <laughs> well, just That sounds like a like, bad idea for a mod. No, it's I like just, really good. She's like really good. I just try to mod in terms of people who are peaceable. Okay. I mean, I could challenge that idea as well, but. Well, you could, but I mean, you know, everyone's got their hang up, right? Like, you know, there, there's people who can be peaceable with like 90% of people, but then there's Chris. <laughs> Everyone has their arch, arch like nemesis, right? I mean, I don't know who, I don't know. Who's, do I have an arch nemesis? Who are, my, who are mine? I don't know. Who is your arch I mean, nemesis? I, I think I've just, well, I, I probably, um, oh, what's his name? Um, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Darth. I'd say Darth, because he just wants to be. Like I didn't need to be his arch enemy, but he he wanted it to be so with me. So I'd say him, just because I can't. Anyway, him and Philip. I think those two. Which you know we didn't yell and scream really. I just politely you know I'm like okay here's my limit. I have to help you to the door. Go with peace. Go with Christ. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that dude hates me. <laughs> I don't know. You. I do not get the same impression. I thought Darth hated everybody. Oh no, the other one. Well, maybe maybe he doesn't hate. Maybe he wouldn't pee on me if I was on fire or something like that. But I mean, you know, the guy does not like me. Um, I don't know. He's he's expressed affection for you in the past, so I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is like, um, when it gets to certain topics, there are certain people who will literally explode. And, um, you know, if you start going after the Pope or Catholicism or their child molesting homosexual priesthood, <laughs> see, things you know, like that. <laughs> they get, they get triggered. See, so I may be like, um, now, now do you see it's a problem where, you know, there's been some, some claims of pedophilia and, you know, how they just kind of move priests around it. Do you, what do you think about that? That's, that's kind of bad, right? You're like, is the gay priest sodomizing kids? saying the same thing maybe just a little different responses you'll get yeah but anyway I'm just asking questions these days so <laughs> how's that working out for you pretty good I've actually had people come to me and they're like wow man you've been really effective in the last couple of months wait you've been doing this for a couple months yeah in other rooms I just let it all hang out in here See, I, I need to rule with an iron fist. Do man, I I for one enjoy having Nate as an overlord. Like so this is why, like you know, I'm happy to be on your server if you're the overlord because you're a good overlord. Well, I mean, I do like the sound yeah. of that. It's the other people that I'm just like, eh. I don't I don't need a Steph overlord. I'm good. <laughs> is that your problem with women in authority? I'm all about the patriarchy, so more patriarchy, more peace. Yeah, I really wanted to get that out there, but I mean, yeah, I think that's, I mean, the answer's probably, yeah, right? I mean, what, what kind of authority we're talking about? I don't know. Authority over, like, a peanut butter and jelly. Uh, let's see, now I'm going to get myself in trouble. See, authority over sandwiches. sandwiches? I mean, I'm fine with, with ladies having authority over sandwiches. That's good. Or children. 
Children and but sandwiches. But not to teach them past a certain age. That's true. Once they once they hit like 15, 16, I just don't want any more lady teachers with my kid. I mean, for school, it's fine. Like, you know, science and math and stuff. Like, I don't care. But like, if we're talking about Bible or, you know, at church, like, that's that's where I draw the line. Anyone want to get up here and uh, save us from putting our feet in our face? No? Okay. This could be a short day. When are you going to have this heart-to-heart uh, -heart with your uh, client? Well, if he's there today... Doubtful he'll be there. <clears throat> but there, there are just some of my clients that can't understand why they can't keep good vendors. And I'm like, well, because every time you do something, you want to shop your vendor. And they get tired of that. <laughs> it's like... If you're going to shop me every time I give you a proposal and you want to like, you know, get four other quotes, like fine. <laughs> like I, I don't care, but you know, when your project is delayed because you're waiting on all this other stuff, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to light my hair on fire because you dragged your feet for two months. What do you think about whenever you get like, you know, the required three quotes, is it like improper to then go to like those quotes and be like, is that your best offer? Cause it seems like I, I'm trying to figure out ways to like cut, like uh, just ex expenses and stuff. Uh, not not personally, but like a thing I'm helping out with. Um, so before I've always just been like, okay, here's your budget, da da da. Go get three quotes. So I just get three quotes, and you know, just like as long as the lowest one is is capable, just go with the lowest. But do you see any problem, or is it business normal business practice to to take the lowest quotes or the best quotes and be like, okay, now can you do a little bit better? Or is that considered like a bad business? Well, in my business, um, it has been my experience that whoever has the lowest quote is probably the biggest liar. Ah. And so somebody hands me the lowest quote and I'm like, cool, what are you missing? And so then <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, there's these other 14 things that you're going to need. Um, I didn't tell you you're going to need them. But you're going to need these other things. And by the way, it's going to be another 30%, which makes them the highest quote. So, like, in my business, whoever gives you the lowest quote is not telling you something. Hmm. And they almost always become the highest quote after the job is done. And then you go back and you look at the expenses and it's like, wow, it would have been cheaper to go with the highest bidder. When you structure you you guys bids, and because I don't know a lot about tech, but uh, do you like have a deliverables list, or like how, how do you um, structure like when you're comparing your bids? Any bid that's going to be two hundred thousand is you know budget of two hundred thousand. I write an RFP for, so like I'll send out a request for proposal, and I will lay out all of the part numbers um, beforehand of what I'm expecting, and then I. Then I do the quote apples to apples. To do that, when I hit bidder, 
um, I have had the experience where, you know, my boss, whoever I wrote the RFP for, will go with the lowest bidder and I'll tell them, don't do that. And then they'll do that. They'll go with the lowest bidder. And then there's change order after change order after change order because they, they just lied. Right. But I know one thing I <clears throat> did with some like those, uh, like construction contractors like to do stuff like once they accept the contract, at least uh, dealing with some government obvious, like if they accept the contract as it is and we've already negotiated, like if something changes, like they have to absorb the um, absorb the change for because this is what you agreed that you could do it for. And it's set uh, in, in certain situations where it's something outside the scope of their control. They may, you know, do some things, but that's why I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just overthinking when you said that it just kind of made my ears perk up. Yeah, I mean. Look, the middle bid is normally the most accurate. The highest bid I generally will throw out because they're just padding it. Um, you know, like, and, and again, I've, I've run RFPs, I don't know, 30, 40 times. And it's just my, my experience over my career that the lowest bid when they get chosen, even though it's built into the contract that the price is set, and da-da-da-da-da, there's still language in there for, you know, unforeseen circumstances, et cetera. Like, oh, there's a beam here that wasn't in the plans. Or there's like, you know, we got to cut through this six inches of metal that we weren't expecting, stuff like that. And it always seems to be that with the lowest bid, some kind of red flag like that will pop up. Even though the contract says that they're held to their certain price, they will find a really good excuse that is within the contract to, to give us a change order. Right. Well, we couldn't we couldn't have predicted this or we couldn't have projected that. And what what, what always kind of gets me like um, when they can go in like really fast and uh, get a, like that, they can do like a really quick valuation of like what the job is. I'm like, no, it took these other two companies or these other two. Uh, they, they took them like twice as long to like, you know, get an idea of how much it was. And even then they felt like they needed longer. You could come in in like less than half the time and you're super confident. I'm like, mm, I'm very suspicious about that. Yeah. And that's what always happens is like, we'll do a mandatory walkthrough and an RFP and the people who are really paying attention, those are the ones I'm watching. Cause part of the, part of the trick on the mandatory walkthrough is when everybody's in a group and they're all competitors, the ones who are being the most thorough and looking around the most, those are the top ones in my head because those are the ones that are looking for potential problems before they quote it. And the other guys are just like, eh, whatever, I'm just going to give you my set price. And if I run into something, I'm just going to give you a change order. Because that's that's generally what I've seen, especially with contractors. Oh, yeah. Because you know, my aunt, she works for uh, the Corps Engineers um, in uh, Mobile. And uh, she's doing a lot. And every now she'll call me. She'll ask me my thoughts on something. I know one situation she came up because, especially like when people know, like you know, you're um, you're connected with government money. They just uh, they just think like you just you know, you especially like you're you're quasi governmental. They just think you know they see something connected to the government like you just got endless bags of money. They don't understand like quasi governmental doesn't mean you're necessarily just governmental. Uh, and like she was like. Well, do you think this is right that, you know, like a part of this contract, like they were trying to like slide in, you know, that is going to be the cost of them paying for their licensing fees to like, good. I was like, wait a minute, do they keep their license when the, when the contract is over? 
And I, she was like, let me go see. She was like, well, well yeah. I said, well, wh- how is that y'all responsibility? <laughs> like, I was like, no. I said, you know, so just, just an example we're trying to go through. I said, they, they're hustling y'all. But I said, I'll be honest. I said, this is this is one reason I really don't like dealing with most contracts, especially a lot of these a lot of these shady characters. I said, and by the time you deal with some of these folks, especially stuff you got to do over and over again, you would have done better than just to go ahead and make a motion to maybe add a line in the budget just to keep some kind of small operation so you don't have to deal with some of this nonsense over and over again. Yeah, and this particular guy that I'm going to go talk to, well, hopefully talk to today if he's there, he came from the banking and financial sector, and so he's used to screwing people over. Like, that's his job. I mean, that is literally, I mean, like, he, he oh, literally I know. Will admit that. I know. and so he chooses, so like he chose this AV vendor. Okay. So get this. This is their very first commercial job and they didn't take anything commercial into account. They're just out there without a permit running low voltage. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing right now? And, like, did you guys pull a permit? You guys just got this contract yesterday. They're like, why do we need a permit? And I was like, you guys, it's not somebody's house. Like, you got to have a permit for low voltage. It's going to get inspected. And if they don't find the permit, like, they're not going to give the, the client a CO. And they're like, what's a CO? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And so, like, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of dealing with this because the guy just, he's trying to save money at all times. And then when I tell him like, Hey, by the way, we got to do this, that, and the other thing, he's like, I got to think about it. I was like, bro, there's nothing to think about. Like, do you want an open restaurant? Like, then you have (laughs) to do the following steps. Like there's no getting around it. This is America. This is not, he's not from America. So he like, he doesn't understand these things. And so I'm like, there's no like greasing some inspector's palm, man. Like you can't do it that way. You know, this is not the foreign country that you're from. This like you're gonna get in trouble. Yeah, you don't I you just, don't cut corners when it comes to regulations and doing things the right way. If there's anything, it's you, you want to you want to. I would say if you want to spend more money, you want to spend more money doing it right the first time. Go overboard doing it right right now because if you you pay more doing it, uh, have to do it over again than just doing it right the first time, but. I don't know. Some people, it, it it blows me when people just like think they can just get away with it. I'm just like like history has not shown when you cut these essential steps, like it just doesn't blow up. Like nobody's ever gonna figure this out. <laughs> I just I just don't. I just I, I feel it's like what makes you think you're just so special that like just this is like this is not gonna blow up. Well, or you know the fact that it's like nepotism as well. Again, this is like a cultural thing. Like I'm not I'm not getting mad at it, but like. This guy's son is the quote-unquote project manager for this project, and he literally doesn't know the first thing about construction. And I'm just like, look, man, I've been doing this for 30 years. Like, I mean, you can lean on me, I'm ha- and I'm, I'm not going to charge you for it. You can ask me questions. The guy's like, no, I got this. And now I got the low-voltage vendor out there calling me, complaining that they sprayed the ceiling, and all the ceiling tiles are stuck together, and they're having to damage every <laughs> ceiling tile that they have to go through. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to have to replace all those ceiling tiles and paint a second time. And the owner is pissed. And I'm like, well, why didn't your project manager have the low voltage guys out before they sprayed the ceiling? What was the hurry in spraying the ceiling? And literally the answer I got back was the guy with the sprayer was available that day. 
And I'll be honest. I mean, sounds, I got back. I'll be honest. It sounds like he's cutting corners because he's trying to get some kind of like he's trying to get some kind of pushback or something. Because it or it sounds like it's a combination of ignorance and trying to cut corners to kind of save money. Like especially when the first instance you gave when you said uh like you know when they be trying to subcontract stuff out like that. It's 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 mm, it's usually be trying to like get double cuts in a lot of ways. Yeah, oh, see, as hey. an audit guy, you're you're right on the money. Like you're right on the money, man. As an audit guy, they have a this company, this particular company, has a special guy. I'm not even kidding you. That goes around and picks up all of the bags of cash from the restaurants and then brings it to an unknown location. What is that telling you as an auditor, Brandon? They really like to count things. <laughs> I have a quasi-Christian topic. Okay. Is anyone familiar with like the Candace Owens Ben Shapiro feud? No. What's been going on with that? I have no idea what's going on. I was hoping you'd know. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I don't have a topic. I just saw another thing about it on Facebook. So apparently, okay. So I, I know nothing about this. But what I garnered from the Facebook post I just saw is I don't know if this like is halfway into it or if this is where it started. But one thing I just saw was apparently Candace Owens uh, quoted scripture and Shapiro did not like that because Jew and um, she's Christian. So I guess the scripture she quoted was probably something he had a problem with, um, probably a Jesus-y thing. And anyways, then she uh, put something like Christ is king and apparently that set Shapiro off. And now everyone's like saying, like, um, you know, if you don't understand how saying Christ is king to a Jewish person is offensive, then blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, it may be offensive, but they believe it's true. So sorry if your feelings are hurt. Like, is it any secret? Like, Orthodox Jews believe Christians are wrong and Christians believe Orthodox Jews are wrong. Like, is that something people don't realize? Um, it's just saying that one more time. Anyway, so I, I don't okay, know what I actually. I do know a little bit more than that, but I don't know what the genesis of it was. But the latest thing was that Candace Owens is basically calling for the terrorists to be left alone. That, that Wait, she what? Calling, yes. So she is calling for, like, leaving Like a ceasefire? Yeah, she's calling for a ceasefire, and she quoted, Blessed are the peacemakers. And so... Oh! Oh! Yeah. It wasn't that she was... And she is not a Christian by any stretch. Like, oh. she is, yeah, she is. Okay, there's a lot to this, apparently, I don't know. I just assumed if she was yeah. quoting Bible from, like, a Christian thing, then she would be a Christian. So, is she, no, she's not, she's, wait, is she, like, a professing Christian where you say not a Christian, or she's like, no, I'm not a Christian? She's she's a professing Christian in the cultural Christianity sense. Like, she says she's a cultural Christian. So, like, it'd be New like Christian. Michael being, like, yeah, it'd be like Michael down there being like, you know, or that, that's a bad example, but Rapscuttle, you know how Rapscuttle says that he's a cultural Christian, but he's an atheist? Oh, yeah. Where is he? I haven't seen him all the time. I haven't seen him in a while. This is that's I, celebrate, I celebrate Christmas. Does that make me a cultural Christian? Yes. You go to Midnight so Mass? That would be a perfect example. No, I don't yeah. go to Midnight Mass. I got better things to do, like sleep. Yeah, but, exactly. Me no. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, but like, so, so the whole deal is that she has been calling basically. You know, she's been calling the Hamas guys righteous and, like, all these other things. No! Oh, yeah. Ben Shapiro's been going nuts about it. And, um, you know, her husband is a rabid Roman Catholic apologist. 
uh, like rabid. Like he makes Albanian look like a like a moderate milk toast. Albanian um, Catholic. So, Albanian prince. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Albanian. He's the head Catholic. He's their main guy. Oh my! He holds room. He holds rooms on how you're a pagan. Like, what are you talking I, about? I am clearly I not qualified to ever say another word. I, I just don't know anything about anything anymore. Yeah. Well, anyway, so like Candace Owens, like this whole thing, and so like the whole blessed are the peacemaker things, you know, it has nothing to do. Like, G, like Ben Shapiro literally interviewed John MacArthur, who laid out the gospel and went through Isaiah 53 with him. Ben Shapiro is not allergic to Christianity, nor is he allergic to, um, you know, Christians saying that Jesus is, is God and Christ is king. Like, he has, he could care less. I mean, Jeremy Boring is, like, another supposedly cultural Christian. And then you got a couple more Catholics. you got Clavin and you've got uh, Michael Knowles, who are Catholics. And, of course, Matt Walsh is famously Catholic. Um you know, so he's surrounded by Roman Catholics. And so she is basically just taking a line of, you know, the modern state of Israel is not Israel and that, you know, Hamas is fine and like all this other stuff. So from that, that's what I understood. Now, I don't know where she started because that last thing where she, she quoted, blessed are the peacemakers, that was literally like yesterday. You know, one of the things that I see interesting, it, well, first, I think, hey, morning, everybody. Um, I think it's interesting that, I mean, Ben Shapiro, who has no problem, there's tons of recording, you know, look on YouTube and stuff like that, of him going onto college campuses and tearing people new ones over all kinds of different things, um, that he would say, oh, you know, talking about Jesus is, is offensive, um, is is rich, to say the least. Um, but I'm, I'm reminded of something, and I also agree with you, Chris. I, don't, I, think, um, I think I'm more Christian than Candace Owens is. Um, but I think it's interesting that, I would agree to that. But I think it's interesting that I, I'm reminded of something Christopher Hitchens said. Um, when I hear someone, and the quote basically goes, when I hear someone say, that's offensive, he says, I'm still waiting to hear what your argument is. Um, because you don't, you know, like, offense is not, like, I don't, I don't project offense. You take offense. Um, we don't have any control. And I think I've said this before uh, on this stage. We don't have any control over the things that people say. Right? I could go off onto some kind of like crazy, racist, uh, profanity-laden tirade right now. And Nate's own, Nate or Chris's only defense would be to mute me and kick me. Right? But they don't have any control over what I say. But you do have the control over how you react to what it is that is said. So when people say, oh, oh, that's offensive, that's offensive. I'm like, just put on your, put on your, your big boy pants um, and, and try to be an adult about this. And, and stop worrying about you know, all these things, offensive, offensive, offensive. Are there, things that are, are there things that are truly offensive? I wonder about that sometimes because, again, like I just said, you know, you don't, you know, offense is not projected. Offense is taken. Um, but Ben Shapiro saying, oh, I'm offended by that. I think that's rich. So apparently, so apparently, yeah, like it was at a, at some kind of conference thing or something, but like, yeah, Owens talks about the blessed of the peacemakers, but then she goes on to say, no one can serve two masters. Um, you can't serve God and money. And apparently that set Shapiro off and he calls her, uh, absolutely disgraceful. 
and it went from there. Right. I mean, I think that I think that what she was trying to get at was like the whole, you know, trope of uh, Jews and money. You know, that, that's probably what she was trying to get at. But I mean, again, like, I don't think Ben Shapiro was offended. Like, he just did a whole thing. I don't know if you watched it, Michael, um, where he went to. You know, they have the open debate at Oxford where people will get up and challenge the the debater for a couple of hours. Um, and so Ben Shapiro spent an entire, I don't know, 90 minutes or something just dealing with Oxford students. And there was a lot of anti-Semitism. There was, oh, there was one guy, um, that basically told him that he should be gassed as like the Nazis had a great idea. Like this is at Oxford. This is people telling him this, um, you know, he didn't walk away and say he was offended. He dealt with their arguments. So, I mean, to, to the idea that Ben Shapiro is like sitting around without an argument, just saying he's offended, I don't think is accurate. Uh, David, what's up, David? Do you have anything to say about this or anything? What's up, guys? I think um, they're just garnishing clicks from both sides of this issue right now. I don't even think they're sincere. Well, apparently they have uh, a pretty long history of disagreeing, right? Like, um... I mean, it seems to go back quite a ways, like with like what identity politics and um, like like it seems like they have a pretty long history of disagreement. Do do they both work for the same place? Yeah, Candace yeah. Owens works for him. Candace Owens is literally an employee of Ben Shapiro. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Well, is it the Daily Wire? Is that is that the right one? Yeah, 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 Daily Wire. But the thing is that she has a contract, and so part of her contract is she can say whatever she wants, but now she's out there basically just purposefully picking at Ben um, over this uh, over this Israel thing. Um, and so I think she's trying to get out of her contract, or she's trying to get a payout where she can just get paid out and then go do her own thing. Um you know, out of the auspices of the Daily Wire because she's gotten, you know... I've always felt like Candace Owens was a grifter. Like, I was shocked when Daily Wire hired her um, because I always thought she was a grifter. But And apparently she is because she's showing it now. Well, if that's true, right? If that's the reason she's doing this. I mean, what if it was, like, again, since no one apparently knows anything about this hardly, like, what if she really just wanted to say, like, well, hey, it's in your Bible, let's be peacemakers, let's just stop it. Like, what if it was with the most pure intent, and it's supposed to be like a one comment, and then everyone would be like, oh, fair point, okay, let's move on. But it didn't turn into that, and it snowballed into this. Like, I mean, what, what if that was like the pure intent? Like, I'm just going to say this one quote in the Bible and be like, see, there's some wisdom in that, let's be peaceful. Um, but it got way blown out of proportion. Well, I, I don't know if y'all can still hear me, but I guess... And just look at I, I just say this with um, Candace Owens, and my thing with her, she says a lot of things positionally that I agree with as far as her stances on issues. Uh, you know, like a person like, and I always say this: it's not where you stand; it's it's how you stand. Oh, Brady, yet it's not. Yeah, it's it's not the position; it's the posture. I, I agree with her positions. It, sometimes it's her posture in the positions, if that makes sense. Um, it, it's uh, it's it's always I've always kind of like technically I think she has the right position on a lot of things, but sometimes 
it's her posture's always been kind of hard for me to gauge. I don't know. I've always, you know, like it's like you, you're saying the right thing, but I don't know how I feel about how you're saying the right thing, if that makes sense. And she, she's a highly intelligent woman, and she's very strategic. I've never picked up that anything she does, she says it without a plan or a strategy. She seems very well coordinated. I don't pick, I don't, she seems, I say this, I don't think Candace Owens picks up a pen without a plan. Um, and I'll be honest, I wonder if this is going on. I just don't see this sister not having a plan. And I don't know. I, I just, I don't think she does anything without a plan. Do you think she's trying to get released from her contract? Or that she's trying to get fired so that she'll get a payout? I wouldn't be surprised, just like with a lot of stuff she does. I think she uses a lot of, um, she uses, I believe the position, just like this and other things, the position she holds is really what she believes. But I believe she uses sometimes the negative energy that's around us that people say, uh, look, I'm using a worldly term, energy. <laughs> You know, vibes is around things to build the commotion, to build the attention around it, if that makes sense. She weaponizes the negative uh, stuff around it to push her agenda where she's trying to get out of it. Well, yeah, I look at, like, uh, Ann Coulter as a perfect example. Right, like, you know, right. The first half of the Trump presidency, she's a huge Trump apologist. And then the last half, she's a big Trump hater. And it's because whatever position is going to garner more clicks and garner more traffic and more controversy, that's just good. She's going to take because she doesn't actually have any core beliefs. Yeah. And, and with, with Candace Owens, like I believe her, like what she says about her position, she's absolutely sincere about her position, about what she's saying she believes to be right. I, I don't pick up, like I say, the position she's, I don't think she's like a fake conservative on that end, but I, but her posture is, that's what I feel that wavers. You know what I mean? I know that seems like you can be contradictory, but it's the posture for me. And I, and I do feel that she, like I say, she, the sister's smart. She has a plan with everything she's doing and she's going to make it work for Candace Owens. It's funny, though, I would almost uh, I think I agree with Chris a little bit here in the, the grifting sense, because like if like and, and I don't know a whole bunch about her. I've, I've listened to her talk a few times. I don't think she's terribly intelligent. Every time I pick up a pen, too, I have a plan and it's usually to write something down. Um, but I, I would say that um, if if it is the case, uh, you know, like you said, you know, that she's maybe looking for. Uh, you know, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and maybe I'll get fired and get a payout. I look at that as tantamount to grifting. Well, I would say Ben may want to be very careful how he navigates this situation, but he's a lawyer. She's an Andrew Tate apologist too. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I didn't even know who Andrew Tate was until my 13 year old is like, yeah, he's like this really gross dude. And I was like, okay, what, what is he about? And then he kind of explained it to me, and I was like, okay, that's horrible. And my son was like, yeah, he's the perfect nihilist. And I was like, good job, kid. Yeah, Andrew Tate is about sin. Should have been a Christian. Should have been a Christian nihilist. Well, I can't believe how many like Christian people I know who are like all about him because they're like, 
you know, he's focusing on like male positivity and don't be, don't be like ashamed of who you are. And, you know, you want to like, uh, you know, be like, so, so he has this like very masculine, like, you know, men be men approach. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the patriarchy. Like, like this very masculine, like testosterone fueled outlook on life. So on one hand, it's like, well, yeah, I, I get that. That's fine. Like, you know, men should be men, women should be women, but, but, but they like drink up everything this guy says I'm like, guys, how do you not like he, he he may say the right thing on one hand, but then everything else he says is completely awful. It's like to what end? And it's like, you know, often like secular society, you, you know, they'll identify a problem correctly, but their solutions will be all sorts of wrong. So it's like if a problem is that, you know, men are being like feminized and women are being masculinized, like things are just upside down, then the correct solution is, OK, you've identified the problem. So, you know, dudes, don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't be like, feel like you have to wear salmon colored clothes or people are going to think you're bad. Like, you know, you be you, you be masculine, you be whatever. Um, but then he keeps on going and he's like, so we can have sex with lots of women. So we can have lots of money, 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 money. So we can have lots of material things. Oh, I've got really nice leather slippers. Who cares? So it's like, does no one see how like vapid this is? It's like, he may identify a problem correctly that the world is like, you know, demonizing like masculine men for no reason, you know, for a flawed reasoning. But then his solution is all wrong. And then on top of that, like apparently he was like, uh, you know, he like converted to Islam, like probably a fake conversion or whatever, because he was like friends with some like Saudi prince or something like that. So I'm like, how are so many Christian people idolizing this dude? Right. I, and that that was that. And this was that's why I was telling someone I said, uh what I call it the you know the faux conservatism is like uh I'm I, I don't want to like you know people like they just jump on the bandwagon of like oh well it's somebody that vaguely looks like they have conservative values. So I want I gotta support them like no I said Andrew Tate is not is a is a highly immoral man. Uh just because he says a few things that vaguely resembles like some of the values that I that may look like some of what I believe what he the what he is advocating is horribly opposed to what I believe, uh, and people are like, well, no, he's like he's he's advocating masculinity. No, he's masculinating being a whoremonger, uh, apparently uh, sex trafficking and abuse and pornography and abusing women. That's not godly. Uh, and he and he like you and and I'm like, aren't you a deacon at your church? And you think this is a good? Is this the <laughs> kind of man you want your 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 daughter to marry? That's not good. That's horrible. I'm thinking like, no, he needs to, he's an idolater. He needs to be saved. And I'm just saying like all these people like, yeah, he really said it. No, he didn't. He, he needs to be saved. But I'm just saying like all these people are supposed to be of sincere convictions advocating this man. I'm like, no, this he is a highly immoral man, at least from what you're supposed, what you supposed to believe anyway. All right. Well, I think we've solved that. Well, I think CEO yeah. is coming up here to tell us how uh, he just bought all of Tate's books and subscribed to his podcast. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, CEO seems like the Andrew Tate kind of guy. <laughs> What's up, CEO? Who's Andrew Tate? Oh, I oh, thought that's why no, you came no, up. You just go. you just came up for, for giggles? I, I just got in a room, so. Just to see oh, well, that's, that's probably the right answer. So Andrew Tate is a guy who has correctly identified the crisis in Western society as a lack of masculinity, and then who's 
recipe for solving that problem is to basically exploit women as objects. And, uh, you know, that's not, that's not the solution for that problem. And like the entire um, focus is, is like entirely material, material, like zero spiritual. So we were just uh, talking about how it's, it's interesting and sad that so many like, you know, Christian men are like buying into what this guy is selling because the end result is get more earthly success. Like it, it, it just kills me. Like do the people like flashing their like shiny watches and like, you know, Italian leather that's probably made with dead skin babies. What? Um, but people like flashing these like shiny cars. Oh, I have a shiny car. Great. What happens when you pop a tire? Shiny car doesn't matter anymore. It runs off the road and gets scuffed up. Like, it's just so like, I get it. Nice things are nice. But when you put so much stock, it's just like nauseating. It's like, you know, if someone wants to drop a Lambo off of my house, I'm like, sweet. But I mean, that would be like my everyday car, right? I'm going to drive it just how I would as primary transportation. I'm not going to put it in a garage and like worship it. And it's like these people, like you get this real sense of like deep awe and reverence for a bunch of material crap. And it's like, how do you not see this? It's like, goodness. I mean, even if you have money, sure, buy the stuff, but don't worship it. So I'm just trying to understand how is this different? How is this message different than Tupac? I think well, Tupac would there, be a more man uh, also. There, there are probably less Christian pastors worshiping Tupac. <laughs> That's the thing. So, it's, so it's just this guy has some... Well, yeah, this guy has just some appeal that, like, is getting a lot of, like, Christian traction, of uh, attraction among, like, Christian men, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think Tupac garnered a whole lot of, uh, you know, Christian people who, I mean, they may, like, listen to his music or something, but they're not taking a whole lot of, like, life advice from him. This dude, it sounds like they are. What, Chris? I was just going to say that there's, like, a large Christian contingent of people that are also kind of co-terminus with the Christian nationalism type, like Eric Kahn and guys like that, that really buy into the, the Andrew Tate nonsense. But I guess, I guess we, I guess we wouldn't look at Tupac, but I guess that's another question. Should Christians be listening to Tupac? I, I don't know if that's a relevant question in 2023. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have listened to Tupac, like, Probably 15 years ago is probably the last time I've heard anything from Tupac. So, um, I mean, I think now you could modify it to, I don't know, should they listen to, like, Cardi B and WAP? It's probably not Chicken Soup. No, let's not make that comparison. No. I mean, Andrew Tate makes fun of people who read books. Uh, I wouldn't compare him to Tupac. I mean, sure, Tupac has some random songs, but he has a really meaningful, poetic, philosophical songs, too. Hey, I like Changes. <laughs> exactly, that's one of them. That is a good song, yeah. yeah. Sir, Sir Mix-a-Lot was very poetic as well, according to... I mean, he did tell... He taught us all about the dangers of the swap meet. No, no one knows that song either. Chris only knows the one song. And he's trying to get everyone to I talk about that. I only love the one song. I'm just going to, like, lay that on you for the rest of your life. Sorry. <laughs> Why well, busting out, like, the whole codex of Sir Mix-a-Lot? So, so, Chris, can you just say, I like big bucks, uh, big butts, and I cannot lie. Can you just cite that lyric for me? Hang on, let me get the I record mean, button ready. Right, yeah. Is it bucks? Like, um, like deer hunting? That sounds like a Weird Al parody that he would make of that. 
I mean, his no, butts, B-U-T-T-S. His his masterpiece was put it on the glass. <laughs> um. So, Chris, the answer to Andrew Tate, the Christian answer, is you will be the Christian Tate. So you need to start taking a bunch of steroids, get super jacked, uh, you know, look like the Samson figure, and um, go do, like, school tours for, like, you know, boys who are, are in peril and teach them the ways of Christian masculinity. Anyone else second uh, that? I'm not, I'm not real sure I need to juice up to do that. Like, <laughs> Pretty sure I could do that without the <laughs> anabolic steroids destroying my body. I don't know if you can. Just kidding. The official position of asking Christians don't think, do steroids. I think my wife would be like, what is going on? <laughs> Why are you just raging out more than normal? Oh, you could never come to clubhouse. Like you would just, you would be uncontrollable. Show up as this like salivating, like, ah, oh, the people are Yeah, he wouldn't be telling people to read books, he'd be telling them to eat them. Yeah. I, will, no, I will feed you this book. Exactly. <laughs> Do it in like an Austrian accent. I'm oh. here to feed you this book. You will learn, little baby man. Oh, God. How dare you not know about church history? Here, I have church history book. You're going to eat it now. <laughs> and Michael, I'm going to tell you all about presuppositional apologetics until you die. you got to add more bass in that voice. Yeah, but uh, Chris, if you were going to tell me everything you know about presupp, I mean, I'd be dead in about four seconds. So... <laughs> Wouldn't take I don't know. I don't know really anything about precept. So, what's well, no okay? Ne neither, neither do most of the presuppers. So. <laughs> we said before you die, so I mean, I'd take like four seconds that you could just go on living your life, knowing everything about precept. Oh, there you go. That's a way to keep <laughs> yeah. you alive, Michael. Yeah, um, it, it's it's interesting. I've noticed. So it, it's funny. I came close the other day to joining Discord, and I I, I avoided it. Um. My Discord, but I've been uh, no any Discord. Just I don't I don't use Discord at all. Okay. Um, so I was going I was gonna sign up for it, and I'm like I don't know. So I went and I was listening to some other rooms and stuff like that because a lot of people will broadcast or will simulcast Discord mm -hmm. rooms on YouTube, and I was listening to some of the stuff, and it is like some of the people there. I have heard people say of, of your space here, Nate, I've heard people call it an echo chamber, right? You know, you, you stay here, you don't go, you know, other places that you are, as you've said, you corner out your little, you, you've carved out your little corner of, of uh, clubhouse and this is where you stay. Okay, fine. You have got nothing on some of these people on discord. They will, I, I was, I was listening to this one straight with this one simulcast and basically the, the question was asked, you know, Hey, let's go to, uh, let's go somewhere else where neither one of us, or we'll start another, another room or something like that, where neither one of us has mods or control or anything like that and have a discussion and they, and they wouldn't go anywhere near it. And I found it hysterical. Um, 
and yeah, and the, the long and the short of it is I, I managed to avoid uh, joining Discord. Well, if you ever do join it, uh, make sure you join the Ask a Christian Room. We, like, we don't really have conversations there. We, we just use that as like a, a, a central meeting place. So uh, whatever clubhouse dive bombs next, we can always find each other. But it's mostly for uh, having text discussions and sharing funny memes. <laughs> what are you going to do if, if Clubhouse puts out another update and magically fixes all of the colossal, um, insert expletive here, um, that, they've, that they have uh, perpetrated over the last little while? Well, I'd be you very be, happy. You just be happy. You just be happy. Yeah, okay, that's a good answer. I yeah, I'd, I'd be happy. And then, like you know, as much as I'm, I mean, this is an open room, right? Like I don't, I don't aim for an echo chamber. I actually get bored by it. Um, so you know, it's it, it is what people make it. So right now, it's mostly an echo chamber because you know the only people that join this this little room that can find us are Christians. Um, you know, but I I love you know the challenge and like kind of being on on defense. Like you know, having to answer questions about my faith, like it's it's intellectual, um, intellectually engaging, and I like it. Um, versus you know, not to say Bible study is bad, but goodness, like we haven't had any like yelling and screaming in like a whole week because everyone that's been here has agreed so much on everything. <laughs> so I mean, I guess that's good on one hand, but on the other hand, you know, I like it when there's a challenge. I like it. So um, when people can come in and tell us all the ways that they think we're wrong and we can talk about it, um, it's fun. I like it. But, oh, man, some of these, yeah, some of the atheist Discord servers, man, it's echo chamber at best. It is evidence that the amount of people who say they can be good and moral without the belief in a god and gods is incredibly small at worst. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I've, I've seen, I guess I've seen a, a fair amount of good and bad on both sides. Um you know, not not a la you know Trump's speech when he's talking about uh, Charlotte, um, but uh, you know I've I've seen good and bad on both sides where you know there have been or there has been a tremendous lack of charity being displayed on both sides of the argument. And I'm oh, not I was sure... talking about them flooding the servers with porn. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Like like in a lot of the uh, atheist rooms I've been in, like you know, religious discussion is only one part. And then they'll have lots of other uh, uh, rooms or areas that are like not safe for work, and that is really code for just tons of porn that people yeah, either and, think well, is funny or what. I mean, I've called I've called our podcast NSFW, you know, like uh, like I've said openly, right? Like any any episode where there's a you know where there's a Christian guest on, you're totally fine. Anything else, lock your kids up. Oh yeah, that's what you mean by it. But but what these people mean by NS. FW channels are is literal porn. <laughs> either oh, because really? they're trying, oh, okay. either because they're trying to like make fun of something or laugh at someone, or they're trying to out disgust someone. So, like I, I think I joined like the server that was floating here. Um, they're like, hey, here's a Discord server when Clubhouse was starting to die, and I, I joined it, and you know I heard the conversation, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is boring. They're not even talking about religion. They're just talking about whatever they did the night before, um, and you know it's just like curse fueled and laden, and then I'm like. Um, saw this NSFW channel. I'm like, oh, is this going to be like really seedy discussions? Full of porn. I'm like, oh my God. And it was just like, not like Cinemax type stuff you'd see at 2 a.m., but it was like, apparently from what I gathered quickly is it was a discussion going and they were trying to out shock each other. So imagine the most shocking things your eyeballs have ever seen. And that's what that gets you. 
for example. You know, just saying. Understood. Yeah, I, I personally don't. I like. I don't have a problem if people um, watch pornography. Like, doesn't impact me as long as we're not talking about things that are, you know, overtly terrible, like you know, kids or stuff like that. Um, if you're talking about consenting adults, don't care. Um, I don't consume any of it myself. I don't, you know, I, I have a wife and I'd much rather, you know, have fun with her. Um, but yeah, tr just trying to like see who can out, uh, what is it? Outgross. Is that what you said? Outgross someone? Yeah. Like um, outdisgust <laughs> some or outshocker. Yeah. I, I don't get that. I, I, I would just walk away. So, um, Jay, who's, um, moderate some rooms on clubhouse he called the uh clubhouse update the the thanos snap the other day <laughs> i thought that was a great comparison <laughs> that's a very good comparison uh, michael i wish you would always get here a little bit earlier but uh my my time has come i have to run i mean do you guys want to stay in chat or you all got somewhere to be no i got a meeting in a few minutes i gotta get ready for yeah, I'm literally going to be out of the car in one minute, so. Ah, well, good timing. Well, everyone, good to see you. Good discussion, <laughs> mostly. All right, we'll see you all later, and picture Chris in a, I don't know, we've, we've characterized characterized, caricaturized you quite a bit today. Um, one one had you in a wig, the other had you, like, jacked up and, like, rage-fueled, so just imagine Chris with all of the above, like a rage-fueled, jacked up, like, Dr. Jekyll thing with a wig. Yeah, I'm going with that. Cheers, man. <laughs> See you later. Well, nice note to end on, Nate. That's what I am for. <laughs>